I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. Is that a salmon-colored shirt, Isaac Harris? Hey, it's coral. <laughs> oh, okay. It's coral, get I didn't say off pink. Me. It just said salmon. Uh, it's a coral color, and it's a Columbia shirt. And some of my friends make fun of me because I wore a Columbia shirt back home in Kentucky, and they're like, when did you start wearing like fishing shirts? I'm like, first off, in Texas, bro, it's like 95 every day. Yeah. So get off my fishing. And there's fish shirts. everywhere in Texas. Fish just everywhere when it floods. <laughs> so I have a question. Oh yeah, did you it was see flooding the other day? I saw pictures on that. That's that was wild. Yeah, there was some crazy flooding the other day. Um, here in Dallas. So we never talk politics on this podcast and I don't want to talk politics, but there was something Trump did today and it was just, I laughed so hard. Did you see the clip of the United Nations thing? <laughs> did you see him say that this is the, the, the wettest in terms of water? No. <laughs> anyway, I, I did not see the United Nations thing today. When every, okay, so Trump is talking to all the world leaders, right? And this is. And he, he drops the statement of uh, my administration, I'm summing it up, paraphrasing, my administration is the pretty much saying he's the best administration that's ever been in, in the United States. And they've gotten more done than almost every administration. And as he's finishing the sentence, all of the United Nations, like all the world leaders start laughing. And it's, it is this... You can hear them, just this casual, growing laughter. And it's so like loud and noticeable that he starts smiling and goes, well, I didn't expect that response. <laughs> and, and everybody starts cracking up. And I'm like, this defines so much right now. And I just laughed so hard. So, of course, somebody on Twitter took that and edited Kawhi's laughter. <laughs> into oh, no. and it was the funniest thing i swear i laughed so hard my wife and i we uh did you did you oh. retweet it no no i retweeted Kawhi. well i actually i did I, well no you got to hear the laughter of the united nations people it's on twitter a lot but anyway i just started cracking up and uh i have a family member back home that is very close to me that i sent uh I sent the footage too, and they are a diehard Trump fan. Um, and I sent it to them, and they wrote and they wrote back and and literally came back. Cause, well, I, well, I can't go. We can't go down that road. Yeah, you're going, I'm like, he's going deep down this. <laughs> no, okay, I'll stop there. But anyway, uh, they. Uh, My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration <laughs> in the history of our country. America's so true. <laughs> With the Kawhi laugh in the back. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. Oh, 
the so Kawhi funny. laugh is the, like the gift that keeps on giving, man. It's so funny. I've watched that thing so much. I showed my <laughs> wife, and she laughed so hard. And oh my gosh, it was the best moment of media days for sure. So great. Uh, all right, what we're getting to today is our player preview of Harrison Barnes. We're gonna do the same exact format we have been doing. The uh, biggest question or storyline, the best case and worst case scenario for his upcoming season. This is an interesting season for Harrison Barnes in the sense that no one cares about him. <laughs> it's, he's like a very important player that it seems like no one really is thinking about. Or you know, he's just kind of like, at this point, it seems like he is a given value. And there's not a lot of variance in Harrison Barnes. There's not a lot of, well, what, we, what can we expect him to improve at this point? What can we expect him to get a lot better at at this point? He kind of is what he is. And a lot of people, they're kind of taking it, taking him for granted, I think. And uh, his role on the team, no one is talking about. It doesn't seem like anyone really, really cares because there's a lot more interesting things on this roster besides Harrison Barnes. So this season for him, um, it, if the... If the talk around the team, as far as Luca's role, Dennis's role, DeAndre's role, um, represents any way their role on the actual basketball court, this could be a, a big transition change for Harrison Barnes. It's funny that you started off with this because I wrote as a note on mine as he's the easiest of the player previews because we know pretty much what we're going to get from him. Yep, he's a given value. And... It's really funny that you just said everything you did because I kind of had planned to say this exact same thing. But with Harrison, it's just like it's really weird to think about how many teams how many teams across the league their leading score from last year it's is not even being like talked about. They're not and they might not be the best player on their team next year. Like that it's just it's it's kind of a weird situation. I think Brandon Ingram and LeBron have something to say about that. Well, like as far as that's a little different. As far as just like yeah, yeah, returning, yeah. I know what because you're I'm trying to say like Harrison Barnes averaged 19 points a game, leading score, and I know you know we had a very bad year last year. The Mavericks did, but like he's not being talked about very much at all. And 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 I get because. We got DeAndre. We drafted Luca. It's Dennis' second year. Everybody's talking about the fit of Luca and Dennis. And how are they going to fit with each other and playmaking all this stuff? And then, oh my gosh, Wesley Matthews is starting in place of Dirk. Dirk's coming off the bench, and this whole thing of like, who's going to start, Wes or Dirk? Now Wes is. Wes is in great shape. He's going to extend his three point range, like all this different stuff, and how he's going to fit. He fits great alongside Luca and Dennis. It feels like everyone's talking about everyone else except for the leading scorer on the team from last season in Harrison yeah. Barnes, who's going to still be the go-to scorer at the end of basketball <laughs> games. And, yeah, he, I mean, you hit it on the head with he's being overlooked. And I think the combination of him and Luka, how they fit, is just as important Maybe not like future wise. I get the hey, like his fit, Lucas fit with Dennis, and how that could project for the next ten to fifteen years because they're super young and they're like twenty years old, and Harrison's a little bit older. But I think for like the next couple of seasons, his fit with Harrison Barnes is just as important as his fit with Dennis Smith Jr. Talking about Luca, so and we talk about Luca obviously because he's the next cornerstone of the franchise, but. But yeah, Harrison Barnes, man, like his 
it's very interesting to see like what what stats will go up next season because of the addition of Luca and, and DeAndre, and what stats or percentages might go down a little bit because of Luca and DeAndre. And that and we'll get into some of that on the pod today. Yeah, for me it was it was hard to figure out what the biggest question or the storyline. It's the the biggest storyline is probably just him being overlooked. You know, like in in general, just that nobody's really talking about him. But that's not really a question. Um, The one question I did come up with was, what's his place in the offense? Is he still going to be the ISO guy that just kind of bails out plays that, you know, Luca or Dennis try that don't work? And so they just get it to to Harrison Barnes. And he kind of looks and feels like a black hole in ways, but he really is bailing him out at the end of shot clocks and, and things like that. And he's talked about a lot this summer, whether it was on the jump or on the jump he specifically said this he talked about the clutch games he talked about how you know they had 50 games last year where they were within five points you know towards the end of the game and they lost like 38 of them (laughs) and it's a big number that we've talked about a lot i'm we know i was following them all last season and he talked about that a lot and said that he needs to get better and that he has to, to take them to that next level and get them through those. Like he has to be more clutch this year. So I think that is probably one of his biggest storylines is can he take a step forward in crunch time in, in the clutch? Because that's something that he is specifically looking at and trying to get better at. And he, he, I mean, you mentioned like he, he took that on his shoulders. Like he took that responsibility of saying, I'm the leading scorer, I'm the go-to scorer, and we lost all of those games in crunch time. Were some of those games, yes, on him in the clutch? Absolutely. Was all of them on him? No, they're not they weren't all on him, but there's you know, there was some where he missed shots and stuff like that, and he wants to to show that he can be that player. And when looking at like last season, the Mavericks were 28th in the league in points scored. 28. Like, they didn't score a ton of points. Okay, so yeah. Well, their their pace was really slow. We have to yeah. get in that. And Rick Carlisle talked about the other day at practice. He talked about like how Luca, you know, adding Luca to this offense. How has that changed what you're doing as an offense? What? How has that um, impacted what you've been running the first days of camp, first week of camp? And man, he could not preach enough saying movement, 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 yeah. like. It, this is going to be all about moving the basketball, getting the basketball moving around. That played into the Dirk, Dirk coming off the bench thing because putting Wes in there allows you, allows you to run quicker, up the pace. And that's why it's, that's why when you look at, and we'll talk about a little bit, like Harrison's scoring and stuff for next year, of saying, okay, well, the addition of Luke and DeAndre, and you look across the board and say, okay, well, their points have to come from somewhere. So that means... You know, X player, this player, this player, this player might will have to go down to equal out when that shouldn't be the case because they're going to score more points this year. Like they're <laughs> yeah, going to, yeah. there's gonna more gonna points run available. At, yeah, they're going to run at a faster pace, and so therefore it's going to open up more baskets. It's going to open up more points, and so I'm not really, I'm not really worried about that because the pace and all that stuff is going to be there. But Harrison and his work that he's put in the summer, I sent out a tweet the other day. It was. I guess it was Monday. I guess it was Monday's practice. And, or it could have been the first practice. I can't remember. It was after practice the other day. And I sent a tweet. We stayed after for a while. And so when practice ends, they allow the media to come in, okay? Give you a little insight on practice. They open up the door and say, hey, y'all, you know, y'all can come in now. 
Practice is over. So on each basket in the practice facility, players go. There's probably like two to three players that go to each basket. They're doing different shooting drills. There's a three-point drill they always do around the arc. Uh, DA, that's when he rings his bell and they'll shoot. (laughs) And like all this different stuff. And they're doing all these drills, whatever it is. Well, slowly, when they start finishing, slowly players start going straight to the train, you know, trainer's room. Casey Smith's over there doing stretching and all this different stuff, or they're going and doing something else. So slowly, over time, Rick comes and talks to us doing that, and they'll grab a player or two, whatever. Players start going and doing their stretches, then they start leaving. Well, we stayed after for a, a decent bit. It was like me and McMahon and a um, bunch of Tim Cato and a bunch of different other people. That, you know, There's like 10 of us that stayed around, Eddie Safko, whatever. And we're all sitting there, and we're talking to Rick, off the record, all this different stuff. And a bunch of people had already left. A bunch of players had already already left the building. There were just a few other players just over on the side stretching. No, no player was on the court or anything. But off to the corner, off to his side, after practice, after all the shooting drills, after a lot of people had already left, was Harrison Barnes with a set of cones with God Sham God doing all these dribble drills. He was just in like an Adidas tank top. Like he'd already shed like Mavs getting He was just down to the nitty gritty doing all these drills, still soaking with sweat, going full force, 110%. Like that's the stuff you like to see from your go-to score. That's the stuff that a small example that media could see of, holy crap, like this dude's still going at it, still working. And I think he's going to do just fine this year. I think Luca is going to help him more than hurt him. You know what they say, Isaac. Some people come in here and they say they're a gym rat, and they're really not. <laughs> Harrison Barnes is not one of those people. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. And okay. This. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and you can ask me your question after this. One of the most okay. important questions regarding Harrison Barnes. Uh, the up, important question coming up next. So my question, this is not my biggest question for him, but my question for you is... I, I just tried to signal Isaac to, to, to go ahead and, and ask the question. He's he did this like fake gun at me, and I'm like, I just okay. pointed at you. He was like, go. It was like, go. He I thought you were like, okay, now. We've gonna... only done like 300 of these episodes. Yeah, like we're probably pushing 400 at this point. Um, <laughs> Nick, do you know who led the, led the Mavericks in uh, rebounds per game last year? It was Harrison Barnes. Oh wow, Harrison Barnes! What, what a great, what a Dirk great was a topic. Close second, but Harrison Barnes led the Mavericks. Like I feel like non-Mavs fans would not get that right. No, he he led the team in rebounds in six point one rebounds per game. After him was Dirk at five point seven, and then we had Dwight Powell at five point six. I don't count Nerlens. Um, wow, shade. <laughs> he only played whatever, but. That's 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 your point right there as far as like rebounding how like how much DeAndre is going going to help this team in rebounding, but the fact that Harrison had to be down there banging all the time and it was just something that really stuck out to me that I knew that he wanted to work on his rebounding and he did work on that, but the fact that he led the team in rebounding with six a game it's just another one of those stats that uh that leads to uh, 24 wins or how many ever wins we had last year. <laughs> there's a lot of random uh, – there's a lot of DeAndre stats that are going to pop up. I'm doing the, the preview, and so I'm diving into all these stats. Uh, here's one. Now that we're down this path, putback attempts last year, 
for the Mavericks. Uh, so this so this is a rebound plus a you know a basket or a basket shot like a, a field goal attempt. Who led the Mavericks in putback attempts last year, and how many did they have? Gosh, Dwight Powell, solemn measure. That's embarrassing. With zero point six. Last wow. year, do you know how many putback attempts per game DeAndre Jordan averaged? Gosh, I have no clue. Two, two point seven. Dang. <laughs> the year before, DeAndre Jordan two point two, and the leading putback attempt leader on the Mavericks was Salah again with zero point three. Oh gosh, DeAndre, yes, <laughs> will definitely help in this category a lot. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Can I? Can we do our over under for Harrison Barnes now? Yeah, yeah. We've been so we decided to add these. Uh, we went back and done some over unders for the first two. We did Luca uh, assists per game seven point five, and then Dirk games played over under seventy two. So this number, this one has to have a seven in it, Isaac, because the other two do. So. Oh gosh, <laughs> over under, and we have to settle on it. So if we both say over or under, we, we'll find a point to where we'll, we differ. Over under points per game for Harrison Barnes twenty. Oh, I'm going under. I'll take over. Really? Yes. Wow. You want to go 20.7 to put a 7 in there? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going under. Uh, so last year, if we're just going straight points per game, he had 18.9. The year before, 19.2. Uh, adding Dennis, I think, probably affected that. Uh, also, he played less minutes. He played about one. He played 1.3 less minutes per game. Uh, this past season than he did in his first year in Dallas. So I think the minutes per game, I don't know. His minutes per game might go up because my, my thought process this season is going to matter a little bit more. He's not going to be sitting in like fourth quarters and, you know, there's not as much garbage time, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. My thought process in basically him going up a point per game is more possessions, faster pace. Luca helps him get easier baskets. Um, Minutes might go up because of the garbage time thing. Like I was just thinking about the games that how many games he set out because we're getting blown out to yeah. games, and just really just came down for me of like, I think he's going to get easier baskets with Luca playmaking, Luca and Dennis, and and with the faster pace and stuff. You know, you know, last year, Harrison Barnes had two hundred ninety seven isolation possessions. That's a lot with <laughs> with a single with a single defender on him. What would you? What number would you throw out there for that this year? Because oh, Rick, Rick Carlisle, yeah, Rick Carlisle's already started, already been preaching about this ball movement and how how these interchangeable people moving back and forth, pass, go, pass, go, go through, pick and roll, all this different stuff. How 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 much would those isolation possessions go down for Harrison Barnes? And for me, I think less isolation possessions means a little bit more points because. He's like he's gonna cut. It's gonna like Luca. For me, I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, see, I think if those go down, I think that that means other things are happening and other people are getting open, and uh, and that's less opportunity. It's gonna be spread. The ball's gonna be spread around more than just sticking with Harrison Barnes because he was very efficient off of those ISOs. So you know, if he doesn't get those ISOs, maybe I don't know. I haven't looked up how good of a catch and shoot shooter he was. Probably not that great last year, but. But yeah, I, I would imagine th- those attempts go way down for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for and sure. just looking at points like across the board, 
And remember, they're 28th in the league in scoring last year, okay? So if we think they're going to take a, a big step forward and with this pace and Luka and all this stuff, looking looking at the numbers, like Wes averaged 12.5 points a game. We won't touch Wes right now. Let's just leave him at that. Dennis averaged 15, and we're going to be doing his player preview pod. We think he'll probably go up a few, uh, you know, a few notches, right, in scoring? Mm, he, he might go down for me. Down from 15. Yeah, you're adding two starters. You're adding two guys that are going to get Okay, so you think you think Luke is going to be the second leading scorer, and I think Dennis is going to be the second leading scorer, right? Yes. So so then you come in you come into Yogi. Yogi averaged 10 points a game last year. And <laughs> I was like Yogi's gone, man. He played <laughs> he played he played in 82 games. Let's just swap Yogi out for DeAndre. We think DeAndre probably get 12 points a game, something like that. That's what we got last year, yeah. Okay, so let's just give him 12. Let's just say him and Yogi swap out. Dirk probably goes down maybe a little bit. You don't really want to count Doug. I guess you know you only played 26 games. but So where does it go up? If, Den- if Harrison doesn't go up, it's just going to go up based off Luka scoring. And I don't think Luka's going to average 20 a game. I think it's going to be around the... I forgot what I said last time. Sixteen, yeah, fifteen or sixteen. That's something like that. So that's where I, I think Harrison will. I think Harrison pushes that twenty mark for sure. What was yeah. your biggest question for Harrison Barnes? Man, I, I think my biggest question for him is now what's his place in the offense? Um, okay, you know if he's not if you're talking if what you're saying is is true, the Mavericks are wanting to you know move the ball around a lot, and Carlisle has said this. That he can't be the ISO god anymore, <laughs> you know. Like he can't just be the guy that uh, takes the ball and just dribble, dribble, dribbles on the left or right wing and tries to make something happen. He's been fairly efficient at that and doing that over the last couple of years, but you know that's not that doesn't make for a efficient offense necessarily. Just because he's you know getting hot and doing things well doesn't mean the rest of his team is. Uh, it's the it's the Kobe syndrome, you know, like you get stuck with that. And I, I I think Harrison Barnes has a different mindset than Kobe did when he was doing stuff like that. Um, but uh, with, did you say your biggest question for Harrison Barnes yet? My biggest question was, can he go back to banging with the fours? Because I know I know Luca is is slotted into that four, and he's going to they want him to guard a lot of fours out there. But there are still a decent amount of teams that don't run that small ball. There's still a Detroit's of the world, the Denver's of the world. Of uh, they, I mean, I'm just speculating at this point, but I really don't think that they're going to want Luca Garden, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, uh, Kevin Love, those type of guys. And instead, they're going to want to put Harrison Barnes on those guys. And one thing that Harrison Barnes has made very, very clear on the record and off the record uh, is that he does not want to be down there banging as a four. And that that takes a toll on him. Now that's on now that's on the record, Isaac. I hope you know. That. He said that on the record, though. I know, but on the record and off. So now everything, all of that is now on the record. <laughs> well, like he he is he has talked about that though, and he's talked about how it has played an effect on his legs, especially that first year here when they were running him at the four, and how much he he did enjoy that move back to the three last year or, or towards the end of last year and stuff. Now with Dirk moving to the bench and Luca at the four, it's going to be interchangeable. Luca and Harrison, and Harrison's going to be guarding those threes. He's, I mean, Carlisle referred to him the other day or media day as the second best wing defender, but he's going to have to guard the Blake Griffins, Paul Millsaps of the world. And 
can will that affect his game some you know will that that's my biggest question mark is how do they interchange that can he you know will he go back to banging these fours or will they stick luca down there and say hey like maybe it's a little bit less for you i I don't know we just gotta see how that plays out all right when we come back from the break i want to talk about this idea of there still being these big fours in the NBA. I'm actually we're gonna go through every roster and we're gonna talk about who we think they're gonna start at four, and how many teams this actually affects because this has been a you know something that we've said over and over again and I kind of just want to you know set the record straight. You know this is a narrative that I want to either prove true or false. So when we come back, more on that. All right, Isaac, I want to look at every single team that. Every single team starting four at this point, or you know, oh goodness, starting this pod's taking a turn. And just, I'll just go through. The, I'm going through them quickly, and we'll just note the ones that we think are going to be a problem for Harrison Barnes to guard at four. Harrison, and or, we say problem as far as it will take a toll on his legs. Pretty, yes, pretty yeah, much. problem is That's they're, they're a big, you know, banging. Not necessarily that they're better than him or you know anything like that. Um, Atlanta with John Collins, mm, not whatever. Yeah, not really. Uh, Tatum with Boston, no. No. Damari Carroll with the Nets. No. Or Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Marvin Williams with the Hornets. No. Lori Markkinen with the Bulls. Mm, possibly. Kevin it's a Love. Footer. Kevin Love with the with the Cavaliers. Yes. Um Paul Millsap with the Nuggets. Yes. Uh Blake Griffin. Yes. Blake Griffin. Draymond Green. Yes. Uh yes. Stop. Okay. Um Carmelo or, or Tucker or no, whoever, no. no. Thaddeus Young. Kind of. Kinda. LeBron, not really. Even though he's the biggest. Harrison will guard LeBron probably. Gallinari or Tobias Harris. No. J- no. Michael Green. No. James Johnson. Uh a little bit little Giannis gosh whatever with that Taj Gibson yeah uh Miritich Miritich no I'll put Randall there because yes because yes he'll, he'll guard Randall um Kevin Knox <laughs> no Jerry and Grant Aaron Gordon Dario Saric Ryan Aaron Anderson Gordon, yes Saric yes no Aaron Gordon's not like a banger he's he he he's 6'10 and like muscle he's, he's going to bang with them Aminu, Bagley, no. Aldridge. Aldridge, yes. Ba- uh, Bagley, yes, because he is going to play like back to the basket, 6'10. Like, yes, he counts too. Ibaka, Favors, yes. Marquise yes. Morris. Mm, no, yeah, no. not really. Okay, so that's. That's like half. No, that's like 10. 10, yes? Yeah, that's like a third of the league. Okay. So the the narrative, like there are still some of those, but you're only doing it, and a lot of those are in the, like a couple of those are in the East too. I think a lot of it has to do with style also. Like a, a team playing five out, like a Miritich. If Miritich is in there, he's a 6'10", like decent frame body. But if they're playing five out, that's that takes a, or they're playing, you know, I'm just saying five out. <laughs> 
for a, that's a freaking 2K term. But like, <laughs> yeah. if they're playing that with shooters, you know, surrounding ADO shooters, that's less banging. But because he's not playing down low. But if they're playing, if he's playing some mates where they're going to be posting up and they're going for boards all the time and they're banging stuff, that that's that's the banging that we're talking about. So it has a lot to do with style also, and mainly to do with their like the player style. But it has to do with playing style also. Putting him, putting him in position to you know try to get rebounds and be closer to the basket and, and doing that kind of stuff. But if he's going up against like a Tatum. That's not going to put as much of a toll on his, on his body. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, he because Tatum's not going to be in there like banging stuff. But somebody like Thad Young, like if they don't play him on the perimeter and they play him down low a lot, that is the banging that we're talking about. It's just a completely different type of if you're guarding Thad Young and he's down low rebounding, you know, trying to post up a little bit and all that stuff, and holding your ground down there. Or hey, we're gonna play at you, th- play at you at the three, guarding Bogdanovich to where you're just gonna be guarding the perimeter some and following him around. A lot different as far as your legs as the season goes along. Yeah, so there's, n- there's just not as many as we would uh, would have thought. I it's think. definitely fading out for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to go through that because that's just been mentioned so many times. Um, all right, what, let's go through best and worst case scenario. Um, for my best, for my let's go worst case scenario first. Oh gosh. To me, I don't know if there is a, like a worst case. He's just like he's the the thing about having Harrison Barnes as like a set value. We know exactly what it is. Is the variance is not huge. So like you know the worst case scenario is not a bad thing. Um. Worst case scenario, he doesn't really find his place in the offense, or he tries to ISO too much. Still, the ISO attempts, you know, maybe even rise because, you know, for whatever reason, and he takes away possessions from Luca and the offense, and the offense kind of just stagnates. I think that that to me is my worst case for Harrison. Mine is kind of um, he turns a little bit back. Worst case scenarios, he turns a little bit back into Golden State Barnes, as. He, which there's some Mavs fans and some fans out there saying that's the role he should play as like the fourth <laughs> option or something like yeah. that. But we were paying him a max contract and worst case scenario, Luca comes in, Dennis, DeAndre run, running the pick and roll, Dirk off the bench. And it turns into like shooting goes way down. Hey, I'm a mindset of I'm going to be, uh, I'm more of a role player now instead of, you know, a main score on the team once again we're just saying worst case scenario i don't think that's going to happen because you know carlisle is heaping the praise for him as far as he's still our go-to score late in games but let's do best case scenario best case scenario for me um the big storyline for dennis for for dennis for uh, harrison barnes last year was he wanted to improve rebounding he came on this podcast talked about how rebounding will unlock a lot of things in his game he wanted to, you know, pass the ball, get more assists, and he wanted to get to the free throw line. That was the three things that he really, you know, stressed last year. And he, you know, incrementally improved in those things. Um, he, per 36 minutes, so let's just keep all the minutes as the same for his rate. He improved by 1.3 rebounds per game, uh, just over half an assist per game, 0.7 free throw attempts per game, and also attempted 1.7 three-point attempts more per game. 
So those are all good things that we want him to keep doing. If he can just take the next level in all those areas again, I think that that's a best case scenario. If he continues just to, to, you know, efficiency has to go up and these attempts and these other kind of categories, maybe for me besides scoring, because I think scoring will come from other places. Um, Do you think the pace and stuff will affect that and help that? Yeah, yeah, the pace will definitely help his, you know, rebounding. DeAndre's not going to help his rebounding, <laughs> but <laughs> but we kind of want that. Uh, but yeah, these other things I think, and, and decision making. You know, and when if he's not making the ball stick as much, that that could be more assists. That's more attempts for assists. Um, if he's getting more catch and shoot, that's more three point attempts. You know, all those things I think pace can definitely affect. So that to me is it's a, it's simple and it seems small, but like I said, the variance for Harrison Barnes is not huge. So that's that's the best case scenario for me. So last year, Harrison Barnes averaged 19 points a game, basically. Uh, just rounding, 19 points a game, six rebounds, uh, two, two assists. Assist, yeah. uh, shot 35% from three and 44% um, from, the, from the field goal range. My, <laughs> from I was trying the field. To figure, <laughs> from the field, that's what I was. <laughs> I'm sitting there just reading all these stats here. Um there's a player, so like some of the uh, like the past couple, I've I've tried to look at different players across the league and say uh, maybe it's a duo and say what they could resemble, uh, or maybe another player and what that they could resemble that. For Harrison Barnes, and boy, our man, our our boy, uh, our one of our favorite listeners is going to like this. Um, for Harrison Barnes, the guy that I want him to try to be is, is Chris Gary Middleton. Clark. Oh. <laughs> Is oh, Chris guy. <laughs> is Chris Middleton for Giannis? <laughs> so if you put Doncic in this Giannis type of role, this point four, can Harrison Barnes be Chris Middleton uh, to Doncic basically? So let me read you Chris Middleton's stats last year and see how much different they are from Harrison Barnes. Last year, Chris Middleton averaged twenty points a game. So what I think Harrison should be at this year, rebounds he averaged five five rebounds a game. A little bit less than Harrison. Four assists per game. Shot 35% from three and 46% from the field. So could Harrison get do that next year with Luka there playing that Giannis role in Dallas? Mm. Sure. Be- because that's what I th- well that's well that's what I think he- he's going to hover around. Like when I was writing my notes, I put for Barnes. This is what I put. I put 20 points per game. What I predict, six rebounds. I think the rebounds will stay around the same, six or seven, whatever. And I think he's going to up this. I think this is the year with the player movement, with the faster pace, more cutting, more motion, more movement in offense. I think he's going to go from two assists a game to four assists a game. Wow. I think he goes up. I think this is the year. Wow. I just think Luka is going to add a whole different ball movement to this whole thing. I think the isolations will go down from 297. And in return, it's going to reflect in the assist numbers for Harrison. Four assists. That that should be our over under. Over Why? under over under three and a half assists. I'll take over. I go I go way under on that. Ooh no. Got you. You got the rim rolling DeAndre and the cutting the Luca. Give me over. And the lobbing Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to score only on lobs and catch and shoot threes, according to. <laughs> before, I think I think Harrison will shoot thirty eight percent from three, and before he shot thirty five last year, and a guy you know came or said something to us on Twitter, I'm like, hey, about the shooting percentages for Luca and like all that stuff. 
Um, but why do I think why do I think Harrison can take a leap in three point percentage when it comes to going from thirty five to thirty eight? The Golden State offense that Harrison was in, he had all these playmakers and guys with Clay and Steph and these other guys in Golden State. In 2000, from 2014 to 2016, those two years right there, Harrison shot 40% from three, and then he shot 38% from three. Yeah. Not saying we're going to be the exact Golden State offense, but it's there. He can do it, and there's going to be that type of movement in this playmaking with Luka that I think that he will get more open shots, and I think that his percentage will go up with that. I feel you on the I feel you on the the field goal percentage for sure. I just think that in some of these counting stats, I think it's just gonna be hard because the ball is gonna be spread more. Oh, uh, counting stats because I'm not being, using advanced stats, Nick. You no, know, I'm just categorizing them. Categorizing. Can I give you my synergy stat? <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. So this synergy stat for Harrison, I want. This is what I want him to improve in because this is a part of the offense that I want. I want. Carlisle to use a little bit. I want them to use a pick and roll with Harrison and Luca, kind of like I don't know, not Steph and and KD, but I just want them to utilize that. I think that there could be something with that. Last year, Harrison Barnes had seventy two possessions as the pick and roll man. All right, as the roll man, as the roll man. Yeah, because I want I want Luca to have the ball and Harrison to come up and be a and be the pick setter and see what they could see what they can play around and tinker with as that. This is a big thing I regret not asking Carlisle last year is why they didn't attempt this cuz I don't know if they did this once last year with with Harrison as the the role man and Dennis as the ball handler. Well, they tried in 72% of the times with when he was the pick and roll man and they're in on synergy it was below average 0.9 points per possession and they only scored 44% of the time when Barnes was the pick and roll man. That is uh a very very low percentage when it comes to that. I know forty four doesn't sound too bad when you're thinking about different things, but on on synergy that is a uh, a below average ranking in the league. I uh, wish I had it popped up here, but in the league it was like I, I want to say it was like a twenty per, twenty percentile uh, of the people who actually you know it's did not the. Good. <laughs> it's it's not good at all. So I want to see not him the top improve. Twenty, that. <laughs> not the top twenty. I want to see how that can improve. Well, with Luca here and how they can implement that into the offense, because it's like you said, we we mentioned that a few times, and I know Nick brought it up plenty of times last year. Like, why don't they try to utilize Harrison as the pick and roll man uh, with Dennis? And now that you have Dennis and Luca, how can they utilize that? And hopefully, they use that. Hopefully, hopefully they do some kind of that stuff. Uh, also, we could be seeing Luca as a as a pick and roll man too. Um, Definitely a pick and pop because he's you know he's big enough to set picks like that, especially on you know yeah. smaller guards if Dennis is the ball handler. So we can see that all over the place. The the one thing about being positionless and having all these big dudes, you have you have those options like that too on offense. It's not just being able to guard and switch. It's also on offense being able to, you know, pick and everybody picks and rolls and picks and pops and you know, all kinds of stuff. It opens up a whole lot of things, spacing and everything. So that's what we're excited about. Man, we're getting closer. We're inching towards Mavericks basketball. It's this Saturday. So let's see. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, quack, that's one, quack, two, three, quack, four. Quack, four quack, days, guys. Quack. Four days until Mavericks basketball is back. 
Until the Beijing Ducks, let's go. (laughs) The Ducks, let's go. So there you go. That's your Harrison Barnes preview. We'll be back tomorrow with another one. I won't disclose what it is. You'll have to just find out for yourself. All right, guys. Peace out. Boom.